Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode 76. I'm your host, Derek Moore. This week, going to be talking about this, uh, this disconnect between, or is there a disconnect, should I say, getting some questions on this, between the economy and the stock market. And I've been getting this question a lot lately, and I, I find it interesting because um, the, the stock market um, is a forward-looking sort of you know, animal, right? It looks at the future and it discounts down to the present uh, what it believes is going to happen in the future. The economy actually, you know, and unfortunately we, we get, um, and I'll, I'll talk about this, uh, Atlanta Fed does a, a GDP now forecast, but a lot of times the economy can be a, a little trailing um, and just the way that things are reported. And so one of the questions is how, how did the market you know, go back up and the economy is going to post really, really bad numbers in Q2. At least that's what everybody expects. So Q2, of course, being, uh, what is that? April, May, June, right? So just kind of ended. We're in July now. And it's interesting to kind of look back. Um, you know, obviously the market pulled back quite a bit February into March and has then rallied. It hasn't made a, a new all-time high although I believe the NASDAQ has made a new all-time high. But to put it into perspective um, and where, you know, this economic recession, uh, if you want to call that, I think we can call it that, right? Uh, even though technically we don't have the, uh, the Q2 numbers yet. Well, first, let's just start. If we look at GDP, so gross domestic product, and the, the number that came in for Q1 was negative 5%. Now, that is an annualized number. And what do I mean by that? If we say it's down, you know, 5%, you've got to divide that by four. So for the quarter, it was negative 1.25%. You basically multiply it by four and you get your, your annualized amount, right? So GDP is always given in a, on an annualized basis. What happens is uh, Q2... Actually, you get, so January, February, March, you get the first estimate uh, in April. You get the second estimate in May. And then you get the final estimate for Q1 in June. And we actually won't get the first estimate for Q2 until um, July, right? July, and then the second estimate is August, and the final estimate, you know, whatever the final reading from Q2 GDP, GDP, you actually don't get that until September. So it's pretty evident right now, uh, and by all accounts, that Q2, which of course was during the, the lockdowns, is, you know, not going to be, not going to be great, right? Um, the Atlanta Fed has something called the, the GDP um, nowcast model or forecast model. They call it the nowcast model. Basically, what they do is, as they don't editorialize, from what I can tell, and all they do is they say, as we get bits and pieces of data, we add it and we come up with sort of a, they call it a, you know, a GDP now, right? So the last uh, last numbers that we had, um, and I think these were updated, um, will next be updated July 16th. This is July 9th. 
And if you're listening to this and, you know, it's not July, it's like two years from now, just know Atlanta GDP now um, is a forecasting, um, not necessarily a forecast, it's a now casting as they call it. And so what they're now casting, the numbers are, um, it's actually right around negative 35%. So remember, you got to divide by four because that's a that's an annualized amount, right? Um, so which would be a little bit under 9%, uh, you know, drawdown. So, um, by the way, it actually got as bad as almost down something like 53%. Um, that was in June. And, and there's an important caveat with this. Again, all they do is they look at as numbers come in, they sort of add it to the pile. And they start to, to piece the, the puzzle together. And so this can actually change, you know, late in the game. Um, this can actually move around a lot. It can be quite volatile. Uh, when this started, I think it was only down negative 12% on an annualized basis. But regardless, um, the Q2 is not going to be great. You'll start to get the official numbers. You're not going to get them, you know, until um, some point in this month, uh, probably within the next 10 days or so. You're not going to get the final number until September. And so the, the back of the napkin, are we in a recession, is you have two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. The reality is there's a, the NBER, which is a National Bureau, uh, Bureau of Economic uh, Research, they actually decide when recessions start and when they end. And often they don't make the, the firm or final declaration on those until after the fact. So that's why a lot of people look at, you know, just the, the two consecutive quarters. So as we look at this, and I'll link to the Federal Reserve Bank of uh, Atlanta, the GDP now forecast, um, and then you can you can actually come in there and you can look at the sub-contribution charts, and that's just a fancy way for saying, um, like, right now they have consumer spending down, you know, over close to twenty negative twenty three percent, non residential fixed investment almost down four uh, percent, government spending down about one and a half percent. So, you can actually see the uh, the contribution charts. You can see the release dates. You can see the release dates for the data. Um, but I bring this up because, you know, a lot of people are like, how is it that the stock market can dislocate and, you know, we're going to have massive, um, you know, bad numbers in Q2, which I just explained, right? Um, of course, if we get any sort of recovery, you could see um, some of the, the best percentage gains, um, you know, that we've seen if there's a recovery. Um, J.P. Morgan has something, they call it uh, Guide to the Markets. I'll link to this as well. And they put into perspective um, this recession. So they're, they're actually calling it a recession, right? And the way they measure these is they have them set up as um, decline in real GDP. So real GDP is just saying after you take out inflation uh, or deflation, what was the actual change in the final, uh, you know, the, the value of all the final goods, right, in theory. And so they have the number right now at about negative 12.8%. So current recession, negative 12.8% decline in real GDP. Um, where does that compare? Well, 
a lot of people were saying, you know, this might be as bad as the Great Depression. Um, not quite. The Great Depression was actually negative 26.7% decline in, in real GDP. And, you know, that's, uh, that's quite a bit more. I know it, yeah, I mean, it's more than double where it is right now. To put that into perspective, too, during the financial crisis, there was only a, a 4% decline in real GDP. And this one is more on par with a post-World War II demobilization that J.P. Morgan points out, and that was a negative 12.7 decline in real GDP. So this is a good point to make because a lot of people say, well, how can, how can the market, um, how could it have come off its lows? We don't know if, the, if that was, in fact, the bottom. Uh, a lot of people believe it is. Some people say it's not. That's what makes a market, right? But remember, in 2008, 2009, when we hit the lows in 2009, uh, peak to trough, we were down something like 55%. And then, of course, uh, 2008, it was down 37%. It fell more through the first quarter of 2009. But think about that. During the financial crisis, negative 4% decline in real GDP. But the market actually went down about 55%. So here, it's, it's kind of flipped a little bit, at least where we are right now. If you put a stake in the ground, you say, you know, where are we right now compared to how far down we went? Um, you know, there on an annualized basis, well, we'll just use the JP Morgan number, negative, you know, 12.8%, again, because they come out with the quarterlies and then those are annualized. So, you know, if you see negative 40%, it's actually down 10% for the quarter. But when you look at where the market's been, uh, the market declined um, at one point minus 34%. As of the close Thursday, I think this is on, a, um, on an intra-year basis, the market was, was only down about minus 2% year to date. So the market, at least so far, seems to have uh, bottomed before the economy has. And I, and I say that as a caveat, we don't know what's going to happen. But the market is looking forward. Um, and that's one of the things the market is trying to do, is trying to you know, look at earnings, look at future expectations. Any number of things can change. But it is interesting when you look at the market and you look at you know, the economy, both of them don't have to necessarily move in tandem. And I think for a lot of people, you know, they look at that and they say, well, that doesn't really make any sense to me, right? Um, but remember, 2008, Recession, uh, I think they said during, uh, according to J.B. Morgan's numbers, um, minus 4%. The market got down, you know, something like 50%. Um, before I talk about just earnings and expectations on earnings and what that, you know, at what point do you get back to the level we were at in 2019? It is worth noting that um, this rally, and we've seen it with the NASDAQ, we've seen it with the S&P. It's really being led by some of the, the really big companies, you know, your Amazons, your Microsoft, Apples, Googles, right? They are, um, they're a pretty big part of the index. And I think I saw something that on an equal weighted basis, meaning, you know, the S&P 500 is a collection of, oh, I, I should have looked this up before I went on air, but it's something like, you know, 505, 500 and six companies 
Yeah, Google has two different classes of stocks. But anyway, um, what happens is the weight in the index, so the larger the stock is, like Microsoft has a market cap of $1.5 trillion. Um, Apple is probably right close there. They, on a percentage basis, um, they make up a greater percent of that index. On the NASDAQ, it's even more pronounced. I think you know, Apple is something like 14% of that index. So those stocks, big stocks uh, like that, they're driving a lot of the performance. Uh, the equal weight, meaning you, e- you equally weight, you know, stock number 500 and however many there are in, in the S&P right now, stock 505 and stock number one, they each have the same weighting in the index. And when you look at it that way, um, it actually is underperforming the weighted index. Um, I think it's something like 20% right now. I, I'd have to double check on that. But that's one of the things that people point to. And that's the, that's the nice thing about an index. When you have an index, it's a living, breathing thing. And that if, let's say, you know, right now financials and, and uh, companies like Exxon, so energy and financials are making up a lower percentage of the index than they, they had. Um, but let's say tech falls and, and financials and, and energy all of a sudden go on a run. Well, they would sort of have more weighting and, and they would be responsible um, for more of the, you know, the, the, the levels of the index. So that's the, the nice thing about using indexes. You're not trying to pick. You're just letting, and it has this momentum function in it then, um, that the bigger companies that are running, you sort of own more of those, Right. So this brings us to the idea of, of earnings. And if I go to, you know, I just did a, a quick search. I'll link to um, one of the, I think this is Yardini uh, research. And I just did a, a quick search and it came up on Google. <clears throat> and they have their own forecast in there. But they also have the consensus. So analyst consensus estimates are, they take all the analysts and they sort of, you know, average those out, come, come to a consensus. So in 2019, the earnings on the S&P 500 were about $163. Okay, what does that mean? Remember, if you take all of the companies in the S&P 500 and you aggregate, so you're not weighting these, you just aggregate all of the net income, you know, uh, and the and you just aggregate it all together, right? Um, it was one hundred and sixty three dollars for the year, and then you can break it down by quarters. Coming into this year, I think the estimates were something like one hundred and seventy six to one hundred and seventy nine dollars per share. So obviously, you were looking at growth. Um, the estimates now are. Um, well, you have one actual, and that was Q1, which is a little bit over $33, right? Because you have quarterlies. And then. So the estimate now is basically, you know, $124.81. Let's call it $125. That's a consensus estimate. And then there are other folks, you know, either below that or above that, right? So what happens is... Um, you know, obviously, that is a decline in earnings if you actually get that number. Remember, that's just an estimate. We, we don't really know what 
the actual earnings are going to be. And just kind of as an aside, and by the way, if you did get that decline, uh, that would be, you know, about a 23% decline in earnings from the prior year. Okay. So remember though, and that the market, when, if you do fundamental analysis, right, if that's something that you do and you're looking at earnings and you're looking at cash flows, what you're doing is you're looking at the current year, you have some estimates about the next couple of years, and then you assume, you know, maybe at the rate of economic growth, that companies or the index, the companies in the index will grow at sort of a steady rate. They call it a, a terminal rate, right? So, and then interest rates come into that. The lower the interest rates, the more that, you know, future earnings are worth because you don't have to discount them down by quite as much. But the consensus analyst uh, for 2021 says earnings will go to about 163.32. So a little bit more slightly than 2019. And so based upon the consensus estimates right now, just estimates, don't know if they're going to come true, uh, you would say 2021 will recover and get back to 2019 levels. You won't necessarily have growth by a lot over 2019. But, um, and then 2022, it looks like the estimates are something like 186.30. So, you know, that would be growth. If you actually got that number, if that turns out to be true, and you got that year over year, uh, what you'd actually have is you would have, you know, obviously declining by 23% this year. Uh, you would have an increase, but the increase would just bring you back to 2019 levels in 2021. And then you'd have something like a 14% increase from 21 to 22. So that's a long way of saying that a lot of this, and part of the problem right now with when you watch CNBC and they say, well, the market is super expensive because it's trading at 21 times, you know, full year 2020 earnings. Um, yeah, that's that's correct. Um, but what that uh, uh, what that doesn't actually take into account is the following year. And by the way, when they say that, basically all they're doing is they're taking the index value and they're dividing it by uh, the amount of earnings. So let's say if the index was you know thirty one hundred, right? Just make it easy, and your earnings were one sixty three, you would be trading at 19, 19 times you know, forward earnings, right? Um, and so what they're saying right now, if you're 3,100 and, you know, you do have, let's say we use 125, you're trading at something like close to 25 times forward, um, you know, four quarters, right? So this, I bring this up because um, a lot of times, especially recently, I think there's been this thought that the market has to go down equal to whatever the economy goes down and it should go up whatever the economy goes up. The reality is that, you know, markets go up um, and down. It, it's always the classic supply and demand. And I think what happened in February and then early March, you did have a lot of panic. Uh, you had a lot of panic uh, selling and, you know, prices can get dislocated. And what that means is uh, prices can go down further maybe than they should, and prices can go up further than maybe they should, right? And I think uh, there was a study by Fidelity. Uh, I'll try and pull it up here. I think they believe they said uh, clients over 65 
uh, took money out of equities. And I, I'll, I'll try and find that. But I think what, one of the things they said was that um, I, I, somebody had passed this to me. If I find it, I'll, I'll put it in, in the, the show notes. But that um, clients over 65 at Fidelity, I think they took out or they, they reduced, they either reduced it in total or they reduced it much more significantly to, to bonds. But uh, they took money out of stocks when you saw the drawdown, uh, which, is, which is kind of interesting. So anyway, I bring this stuff up. Um, hopefully this is helpful. There's a couple things here. Number one is Atlanta GDP now. Uh, I will link to that, of course. That's a way you can, as every bit of granular data comes in, they update that. They don't editorialize it. It's going to be very volatile. It can change. And, you know, but that's one of the ways you can get, because um, actually they're, they're giving you Q2 data right now. And then I believe the first week of August, they'll start giving you Q3 data. Now, they only have a few data points, like, for example... They might only have one economic indicator come out, like housing starts, and then they got to sort of, you know, do a, a nowcast on that. I'll also link to, of course, the, the quarterly change of GDP, uh, the JP Morgan on the, on the markets. That's a really good uh, resource. I mean, it it's pages and pages long. It's a PDF. I think you have to register, give them your email. But uh, that is, they put a lot of good information out there. More information than, than you could ever need. Um, so I'll, I'll link to that as well. And I'll link to the uh, uh, where I got the earnings forecast. Remember, though, of course, earnings forecast can change. Um, and the other thing I'll just tell you, too, is anecdotally, and I, I've mentioned, you know, Professor Jeremy Siegel. Um, he wrote the book uh, Stocks for the Long Run. I'll link to that. Uh, one of the points he made was in 2008, earnings declined quite a bit. Um, year over year, and they decline much more than the market declined. Um, I believe that's the case, but certainly more than the economy declined. And the point um, he made was that when you have these periods where you know you're in a recession, markets, um, and I remember him talking about this. A lot of times, companies might uh, write off things, meaning maybe they they purchased uh, some intellectual property or a trademark or a business, and that's the time to sort of write things off, write it down, take a, take a charge on your earnings. And so sometimes you see that where companies are cleansing their balance sheets a bit. Um, and, you know, he made that point of when you looked at earnings in 2008, um, 2009, but 2007 to 2008, um, I believe the decline was, was quite a bit, quite a bit there. So um, something to keep in mind. As far as what happens going forward, remember, the market is a discounting mechanism. And it will look at what it believes uh, the future will be. It will look at the information that it knows and, and then uh, supply and demand. It's, it's institutions, uh, to a lesser extent individuals, buying and selling. Um, and that's why you see markets overreact one way or another because you've got that, um, that sort of emotional element in there. So anyway, I'll link to all that stuff. Uh, hopefully that was helpful in thinking about the economy through the GDP lens and thinking about the market and what it's trying to figure out right now. And uh, I don't envy analysts who, who actually do this and are trying to put numbers on companies 
uh, in markets because a lot of companies, I think, have withdrawn their guidance. And also, you know, there there's a lot of, we sort of don't know what we don't know uh, right now. But uh, anyway, hopefully this is helpful. We'll be back next week with another episode. Of course, uh, you can review it on iTunes. Give us, you know, five stars. Send us a note. Let us know um, this was a question that uh, somebody had. I turned into an episode. And then, of course, uh, you know, please share this episode with somebody. Uh, you know, if you uh, paste the episode, link it, uh, you know, on your favorite uh, site that you discuss uh, economics or investing. And uh, I would appreciate that. All right, everyone. We'll be back next week.